So, who was your favorite uh, Athena player? You know, as good as a job as Brad did writing them as unique individuals, and as good as the narrator did as storytelling them as individuals, I still don't know one from the other. Mm. I'm just going to be honest with you. So the only one I can really point to is Gretchen. But who's the one who was on the motorcycle? Who was chasing that, somebody down? That was Julie. That was Julie Erickson. Julie Erickson. Oh, that was pretty badass. She's the tall. She's the tall one. I think she's the tall one. Who, who's no, the one who no. interrogates people? Megan Rhodes is the really tall one because that. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was like that old Borchak guy, like the the old army guy who's like right. fifty years old, was just yeah. constantly flirting with her, and he called her an <laughs> Amazon and. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty. Those scenes were pretty funny, and she was just giving it right that's back right. back to him. So that's right. And then the ending, she like actually goes after a guy in a bar, and they're all or like, I think Rob Hutton, the boss, is like, "Oh, I got a note from Soychek that you know he's he's looking for you now that the ops over," and they're all like, "Fuck off, bro." <laughs> uh, who was your favorite? Because I mean, I would say the one on the motorcycle because that scene was pretty cool, where she was chasing cars, blowing up cars, and all this stuff. Yeah, pro- probably Gretchen. I'd have to go with Gretchen. I think, uh, right. you know, that's Southern. I like the, especially when you listen to it on um, audiobook, you know, you get, she actually like sort of tweaks the accents because what Megan was a a daughter of a Chicago cop. Right, 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 right. And Alex Cooper is like the shy one. Um, yeah, the, the, between Julie and Alex, like, oh, the only thing I remember about Julie is that she was the one who was placed always on like driving, and she was the one, the, the logistics leader, and maybe didn't necessarily want to do that every time. But I thought Grace Gretchen was a good leader, you know, and, and definitely stood up for her team. And uh, yeah, I probably had to go with her. Yeah, I hear you. There. I, I like the jealousy between her and and Riley. Brad's uh, or not Brad uh, Scott's. New love interest. And I, I like how uh, Brad writes it. You know, you kind of like, I don't know if you were like, if he was writing in a little bit of sexual tension between the two of them in the last novel. But then in this novel, it's kind of like, boom, all gone away. He, he wants nothing to do with Gretchen right now. He's all focused on this Riley character and wants nothing to do with Gretchen. Yeah, like I was saying, I think that love triangle, I would like to see it be worked out on page a, a little more. I, I think it was again hinted at. So, yeah. I don't, so like we're in a post, well, Tracy, we should bring up Tracy. I was going to say we're in a post Tracy, you know, period. And we got to get Scott's next love interest, but Tracy's still, but Tracy's still around. I love when she's called in to go to Paraguay as the uh, EOD tech. And man, she's able to classify this EMP and realize what it is, break it down, explain to the team. But she's totally confused by the the limbs in the concrete, and and eventually, you know, she wants in. She wants into the game, uh, and they need her. Kind of. There was that other guy. Who was the other guy on the ground in Paraguay? And they're going to be like working together over there. He was a doctor who was actually a, a spy for us That's down right. trying to get into the, you know, this sort of no man's land in Paraguay. Yeah, I read that as, I was like, oh, that's cool. Tracy's back in the action. Interesting that we just, you know, we kind of got like a, a sending off page in the last novel. To me, this this read as if 
Brad liked the character too much to leave her like that and wanted because I think at the very end he mentions that the two of them, you know, maybe had something and are going to continue working together, you know, maybe a love interest budding. So, you know, a sense to like leave her in on better terms than just having Scott be the one to say, I, I can't be with, you know, we, yeah. we mutually agreed to part ways, you know, cause yeah. he wants a, a family and she can't give it to him. So. Yeah. And that's rehashed again, but I, I think it, another cool thing it's doing, it's just expanding the universe, right? Like why not give us a glimpse of someone that I'm not going to say tossed away and, and, and I'm not using that lightly, but like is is out of Scott's life that he's moved on from. We're going to know how his universe continues. Well, her life does too, right? Her career right, does right. too with what she's facing and they're in the same universe. And so, yeah, they're both going to at some point either cross paths directly or be working on some op that they're familiar. They have some familiarity that the other one is also involved. And so I think it's just kind of cool that we know she's out there doing her job. And if we never see her again, we can just assume she's doing her job because she's really good at it. And she's she has her own things. I think it kind of validates her uh, as a character because we kind of had this heartbroken story where she can't provide Scott what he wants. And she mutually agrees that it's best for the both of them to go their own ways. They have different goals in life. And it's really cool to know she's still out there doing her thing. Yeah, and I, I like when, you know, like when he brought back in Claudia and, and Claudia's husband or fiance, whatever right. it was, uh, you know, those kind of things are fun. You know, like you said, just to give us a sense that this is a universe. And yep. I, I almost crave more of these types of novels. Like, yeah, I, I like the our yearly edition, but I like, you know, there's a reason that I like term limits. There's a reason that, you know, we like american assassin and 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 kill yeah, but kill, kill shot is one of my favorite novels and i mean yeah i guess it's all in the continuation but the way it came to us was later on and obviously i i want i would love to see a a scott and brett and mitch team up you know like do they exist in the same because it i guess we, we, we would never be able to see a scott and a uh james reese because in james reese's world scott is a book character right so Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. No, I I like I, I agree with you. The, these books are fun. And the fact that you can approach it, like I said before, with this lighter sense of that, you know, there's no weight of this book has expectations. You know, when you're waiting a whole year for the next in the series, the serialized storytelling, you put a lot of expectations on that book and that author. And I actually sometimes just picking up a book saying, Hey, I know it's a spinoff, or I know it's a one-off, or I know it's something else in another corner of the universe. It doesn't have the weight of needing to satisfy, you know, certain story plot lines that have been going on two, three, four, or even fifteen books. You know, we can kind of step away from that and just tell a kick-ass story. And you, you drop the Athena ladies right into that, and uh, and I'm here for it. It really worked out for me. Yep, yep. Are there any other? Are there any other storylines or characters or do you want to try to wrap up our thoughts and put it together using the scorecard? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think we, we hit on all the, all the points. So before we give our scores, we didn't even kick things off, Chris, how we usually I know do. we, we, we kind of just went right into it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if we're going to give our scores, let's also give the, the Goodreads scores because we've been referencing them. Uh, I know you do your research here. W what were the actual Goodreads and Amazon scores for this one? 
Yeah, and like you said, you know, we we rarely see a book that's below four on Goodreads, but this one had a 3.87 and a 4.1, which is low for Amazon. Amazon tends to be higher for most things. Uh, So I, I don't agree with either of those scores. You know, take them with a grain of salt read this novel i don't know i would love i would love to get a female perspective on this novel what they think you know any any of our you know dawn sherry peggy bridget you know like let us know our our patrons any other female listeners we have you know hit us up on twitter instagram let us know what you think because we're just two dudes (laughs) reading about you know yeah, it's some interesting topics. I'll, I'll leave it at that. And um, yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I can yeah. see both sides too. Right, I can see someone being so happy there are female operators in a book, and then I could see somebody saying, "Well, why is it written by Brad or a man?" And then someone else saying, "Well, why is their biggest draw the sex appeal on every op that they do?" And I mean, I could see that side too. I don't think it's reducing them in any way because they're still amazing operators, but I think whatever somebody else's perspective is on it. I'd be willing to accept because, yeah, I can go both ways on that. Yeah. But I could tell you my thoughts are clearly summed up in this limerick. There once was a project named Athena chasing down leads of a grand schema. Alex and Megan, Julie and Gretchen, damn, they make one badass teema. (laughs) Athena, schema, tema. There's no rhymes for Athena. Uh, it was. I, I'll give you a E for effort. <laughs> a stretch. All right. Yeah, I get some stretch points there. There you go. I had to stretch it out. All right. So that's what the people thought of this book. Uh, what did you think about the action in the plot? You know that the action was pretty good for me. I'm I'm gonna go eight point five on the higher end. Yeah, you know one of the I'm things we, the we we didn't talk about was the opening scene. Uh, you know this prologue in France, this Jacqueline Marceau character batting on a plane. You know we're, we're dropped Im- immediately into the scene, and it was pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it, it was. You got a hand 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 fight on this plane with this prisoner, parachuting with the briefcase. I mean, then we go right into the Bianchi op, which I told you I really liked in Venice. And we, we didn't even talk about half of these other action sequences. There's, there's just almost too many. There was another parachuting one, which really reminded me of Transfer of Power, getting yes. on the roof of the White House. Yes. Yeah. They nearly overshoot the landing. I think it was Julie, maybe, who actually falls yeah, it was, off it was, the roof. Right, yeah, but she gets caught, right, by like something. Yes. Which is kind of, again, like Transfer of Power, a gust of wind or the directions change. So they overestimate. They almost go off the side of the roof. Like, yeah. And then the the elevators, there's somebody on the comms who is sequencing the elevators and unlocking doors for them to move through this building. Just a whole lot of really cool action sequences. So I'm giving it that nine. I, I, it really worked out for me. Okay. What about the plot? <sighs> Overall, I liked it. Some of the connections, like the stuff at the Denver airport and the listening, maybe could have been tied in a bit more authentically. Certain parts of the plot were maybe more drawn out than others that didn't need to be as long. And I think the big reason I'm going to go down here uh, to, to, yeah, to a seven is almost too many cooks in the kitchen. The plot, I think, would have been better served with fewer people maybe take out a few of those 
this bad guy leads to that bad guy. You know, Bronco Coyage leads to Thomas Sanderson, who leads to, and, and first off, it was Bianchi. You know, one too many of those, I think, just muddied the waters a bit. So I'll give it a seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of around the same thing. And I'd, it could have been a little tighter. You know, we could have had, but I did like its brevity. You know, I, I liked the fact that it was, you know, a shorter novel. It, it didn't feel like it was missing anything. You know, I, I didn't find that I needed to go off on another side quest, another mission with, with the team. I, I, I felt that it was it was tight in, in that sense. But just, you know, like you said, the a lot that it was hard to keep straight, these, you know, the, the bad guys. And I think that's also going to reflect in, in the bad guys score. We weren't given enough time to, like, develop with them. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, this is both by it's going to be dinged in Mayan as well, and dinging it a little bit in plot here. I think the combination of just like the unbelievability, some of the aspects, the conspiracy theories that were thrown in, you know, it's just I don't know, maybe like a seven point five. Maybe that seven's too harsh, but yeah, seven is a little bit harsh. I think because of that, though, I'm going to make up a little ground in buy-in because, like I said, if I thought the book took itself too seriously, or I, as the reader, was so invested in taking it seriously. The buy-in's like one or two in terms of the believability buy-in. But the fact that I was along for the ride, it didn't matter if you were transporting body parts through a machine across continents. That part, to me, did not at all take away from the story. So I'm not going to ding it for that on buy-in. And I'm actually going to give it some cred here with a four out of five. And here's a big reason why. The buy-in with the action is huge. The buy-in with the ladies and their dialogue and operating and their relationship with their handler, Rob, is awesome. I already talked about I kind of like the spy versus spy versus spy. I liked who's handling who and they meet in the cabin. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And so I'm bought in as a story that I'm just reading for pleasure. And the last thing I was bought into, we didn't bring up the history aspects. When we were getting the information dump about Operation Overcast, yeah, that was which cool. was like a second wave of Operation Paperclip. Operation Paperclip, super cool how we kind of co-opted Nazi scientists and engineers for our aims after the war and got them out of Nuremberg trials. And they're the ones who basically you know launched our space program and so many other uh, scientific uh, feats. We were also doing that with the actual physical tech, you know, the actual experiments and technology they were building in these bunkers. We were repurposing and requisitioning them, um, not just the people and their talents, which is heavily documented, but Brad makes up this idea that we actually were taking their tech, their experiments, their their physical property, uh, like the Anglator, and trying to steal that. I, I just thought it was a cool historical connection that works a bit better than some of Brad's other historical connections from Thomas Jefferson and the clocks or, you know, Hannibal Lecter and the Muslim killing disease or whatever it was. Right. You know, right, right I thought this one worked a little better. So four out of five on buy-in for that, regardless of all the crazy just stuff that was so fantastical. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I concur everything about you. And I, I'm, I gave an extra half point in plot, but I'll go in a half point low in buy-in. So it nets out to the same score. I'll give it a 3.5. <laughs> No, man, you you got the halves today. I think the Athena Project is it's a half book. Yeah, right. yeah. So it could go higher, it could go lower. So yeah, believability about just you know some of the stuff in the book obviously puts it low, but I think the enjoyment of being you know buy-in is not just do I buy that this could take place because 
if you if we truly went off that for everything, it would be very low in most of these things, you know. Um, but I do believe it, I am bought into the idea of who, what the Athena team is, their establishment as real players. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 like I said, I, I enjoyed this novel. So, what about the bad guys, Mike? Yeah, some of them were really good, very interesting. You put this many cooks in the kitchen, you're like, who is the real bad guy? And then you randomly throw someone named Thomas Sanders in there. I know. It's like, like 50 pages. He, I was like, who the fuck is this Thomas Sanders guy? Sorry. Who the heck got, is like, this Thomas all Sanders guy? Names. It's like Bianchi, Bronco Coyage, um, uh, 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 Armand Obresian. Oh, and by the way, Thomas Sanders. <laughs> it's like Colonel Sanders is in this book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, and that, yeah, that, that so like mad it. that mad scientist from Australia was kind of crazy too. Oh, the Australian scientist. Oh, he's the one who sends the prostitute through yeah. the machine, right? He's oh, like, they were God. they were whores. They were whores. <laughs> he was bananas. That guy. I guess it was like Obresian was running him and keeping him in the game, even though he knew he was kind of crazy. He thought right. he could control him. Right. right. Yeah. I, I guess some of them were more memorable than I had first thought. Yeah, and the idea of the amalgam, which is going to, I think, yes. continue in the next novel, is very appealing to me. This idea that there's this consortium, you know, like like Spectre in James Bond of villains, this cabal that are secretly running things. You know, that's what yeah. hell half the people on Twitter think is really happening right now. So, uh, Illuminati! Hello, the Illuminati, yeah. I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. I, I, I've read other novels that are, like, with the, that as the main antagonist, right? So, you know, I'll dig it a little bit for the amount of them and not, not giving us, like, I, I, even though I think Obrechian is probably, like, the biggest big bad in this novel, I, I didn't fully understand. I think underst- he's the big bad. I didn't fully understand his true motivations. We didn't get much about who he is other than the fact that he wants to rule the world, right? So, yeah, I'd go, like, for a 3.5. 3, 3.5. Yeah, right in the middle. I think a 4 is being too gen- genuine, uh, generous. A three is probably not deserved. I think we, yeah, you're going to have halves on everything here, man. Well, yeah, the next one, good guys, you better not have a half unless you're going five and a half because it, the good guys has to be a five. Like I said, from the ladies, from Rob Hutton to Scott coming in to Tracy getting back, like hands down, five out of five on the good guys. But yeah. one other bad guy scene when Obresian is talking to that Russian gangster. That was like a really cool dialogue. Yeah, it was. That that was a cool scene. And then he blows him up at the end. That was like edge of your seat. I thought it was like something out of Goodfellas, just the way it was written. And these two kind of crime boss titans are going back and forth with each other, throwing their weight around, yet neither one budges. And they actually walk away from each other. I'm like, whoa, they couldn't strike a deal. Like, what does this mean? Like two gang, you know, warlords or gang lords walking away from each other saying we didn't get a deal. Like, you know, the storm is coming. You know, those two groups are going to clash. Yet Obresian gets the upper hand, just blowing the dude up on the spot. It was kind of cool. Yeah. And like this idea of like, all right, I'm, I, I obviously, he has to play this like fine line of he can't just kill this Russian KGB guy. Uh, Cause then, or like the, the mafia guy because he's gonna have the mafia come on him so how can i do it where 
makes it look like I'm not the bad guy. Instead, the Ukrainians take the fall, and then like I'll kill the right. Ukrainians so they can't talk. Yeah, even though it was like very quick, pretty well thought out and interesting. And that's how Athena gets him. You know, they tell the guy, you know, oh, we know who did this. It's Abressian and or it's this group, you know, this other gang, rival gang, and we've got them cornered when secretly they want to corner Abressian, but right. they get the mafia, the, the the rival gang, thinking they blew up this guy's uncle. They get them to do the dirty work. Right, 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 right. So Athena takes advantage of that kind of beef, internal beef. Yeah. Setting, like I said, we traveled heavy. What do you think about the setting when the dust settles and it's said and done? I could go three, three point five, like sort of right, in, right in the middle. We, um, yeah, you know, kind of like we said before, we didn't get enough. We got a lot, but we're just like little bits and tasting everything. Yeah. You know, I, I like the Venice stuff. I like the, there was a little bit of a description about the castle and the Germany and uh, what, what the Nazis were doing, a little bit about, you know, what was happening in Croatia and obviously the Denver airport. I don't know. Like we got like little things, but just, it, it wasn't like quintessential Brad setting. Like what we were getting back to, like what we started out with like lions and, you know, stuff like that. And then I felt like we were really getting back into it in the last two novels this was just, you know, having places to have places. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you there. I think one that I'll add, though, is I really liked In the Woods, In the Cabin with Vicky. Right. In, and uh, in Denver. Her spy yeah. stuff. Yeah. They'd go on runs. They'd meet in the cabin. So I think that setting was good. Again, we just went to too many places across southeastern Europe where I didn't have the flavor of, of any of them. They were one-dimensional, so yeah. Venice was great, but everything else, yeah. I got to go with three. Chris, it's that time. Everybody's favorite segment, judge a cover by the book. How you feeling about these? <laughs> All right, so we got some ones that have some female faces on them, okay. Sure. So we got a female with a, that's a gun. I didn't. I had to zoom in to see that, that that's the barrel of a gun. Now I can see it. Yeah, I didn't know that at first. It just looks like some weird dot on her chin. Right, right. But that's that's the barrel. So, do you know where this is in B? I, I don't. Yeah, I, I actually don't know where B is, where C is, D is C, or any of them. Is that's that's C is Venice, right? That's that's them. The plot. The I. I had thought so. Is that is that St. Mark's? It could be Croatia. Like I know, like that that kind of architecture could be both either Venice or Croatian. I mean, St. Mark's does have a big dome, but I've never seen it from that angle. Right, it's possible. It's a little more bulbous on the top. I mean, that dome actually looks more like St. Peter's than it does St. Mark's. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but we yeah. never go to Rome, and then the other dome on the right, the one with the more angles. I have no idea what that is because that's definitely not Rome. I, I don't know. Yeah, see, like, the Croatia, like, where, so where were they at in Croatia again? Which peninsula? Somewhere on the Istrian. Istrian peninsula? But I don't know what town's there. Is that where Zagreb is? Yeah. Um... 
Yeah, that that, that almost looks like Rome to be to be honest with you. It, that does look like St. Peter's. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. And then we get uh, And D is D Venice? No. Yeah, I guess D could be Venice. It actually looks more like a river in Germany or Belgium or something like that, you know. Right, it it does. And then F I don't even know. I mean, D, D and F, I'm willing to... B, D, and F, I'll just chalk up to one of the many Southeastern Europe... Sure. You know, it has it has like that flavor of... has the flavor, at least. Mm-hmm. So what and about... B, I think that's an actual statue of Athena, which is pretty cool. That is cool. That is cool. I don't know if it's like the original Athena. There was an Athena in the Acropolis at Athens. I know there was a a real famous statue there. I don't know if that's the one. I mean, maybe. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, smart move in cover E to put the real Athena on there. B is pretty good, man. I'll, I'll be honest. For not knowing where it is, it at least has the feel of whether it's a castle in the Czech Republic or another one of these buildings or just the streets where they're chasing people in Croatia, Slovenia, Serbia, wherever. It, it gives me that feel. And the artistic layout of it and i really really like my favorite part of it how the athena project is left margin justified and not center justified for some reason the way the arches are laid out by putting the the on the left side Mm. and having the margin line up on the left it just works perfectly i i feel like that cover if you centered the text would be all out of whack and off balance because the arches are off-centered. You don't have one arch in the middle and then equal parts arch left and right. And I love the composition of B. So for me, I don't particularly like any of the covers. The half face, I get you wanted to show a woman on the cover, which okay, some element of that I understand. But the half face isn't doing it, and particularly in A, you put the face and the gun and the text in just terrible positioning. Right. Like it, it literally as her eyes says, ho, like literally yeah. her eyes in the spot where her eyes are says, ho from Thor. Like that's just bananasly or, or her eyes are underneath the R and the A. I, I, I feel like for something that looks super artsy, you know, you're going for the shadow, this woman, the smoking gun. It's supposed to be artsy yet. The composition is just terrible. Yeah, so that is Athena. I was just looking this up. That's Athena on a statue in Athens from E. Oh, that is the Athens one. Yeah. not There is another one at the Acropolis, but a di- this is a different one. And that's a shield, right? That we're seeing a spear mm-hmm. and a shield she mm-hmm. usually holds. Yeah. Yeah, you're saying the, like, where they put the eyes, like, yeah. No, the cover A, which I guess that's the original cover. Not not a big fan. Yeah, no. I like B the the paperback, and I don't mind C. You know, although don't if, that, mind C. if that's Rome, kind of dings it a little bit. But I like the color scheme. I, I like the A. You know, the sort of A, arc, arc, artistic A for Athena Project. So that symbol. I don't know. We didn't love them. It's a a three, two and a half, three. Give it give it a bump up. What are you going, Mike? I think because I like B so much, and C isn't atrocious, isn't atrocious because 
some in the cover line that is cover C here where they just drop that symbol. I think these are the new paperback reprints. I think they're still releasing some of these as we speak, you know, month by month. They just put that symbol in the middle and oftentimes they don't make any sense. I mean, this one's clearly an A. It's a triangle, maybe mm-hmm. some conspiracy mm-hmm. stuff. It's an A for Athena. So I think that definitely works for me. And and because B is so awesome, I'm really having a good time with B. I'm I'm gonna go up to three and a half. Yeah, not great, but uh they're gonna steal that half point for me. And if this is your first time listening to a podcast, welcome. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out our posts for each episode on our socials, on our on our website, thrillerpod.com, and you will see A through F. And you can follow along. So I should just put that plug in every time. And if you listen on Spotify, you should get the cover art. So I believe Spotify does cover art, but I don't think Apple Podcast does. So Yeah, no, it just it's a war thumbnail. So unfortunately. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, free space time. Let's round this up. What uh what'd you like the most? What's the winner of the book? Oh, what can what 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 I what do I go with? There's a couple things I could go with. I really like that Vorchek guy. I thought he was pretty funny. Really? Okay. Uh, I like the I like the Scott cameos. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You, you tell me yours. I have a couple. I'm thinking. I mean, I said it, so I'm not going to go too much. Uh, it's the whole Bianchi op. It's how yeah. we open the book. It, right off the gates, you know, from the prologue leading into that that scene. You're getting some really badass action right in the beginning. I love everything about that sequence. Kind of a bummer. My favorite scene came so early on. I'm not saying the rest of the book was a downer, but like that set a really high bar to try to live up to uh, early on, which is a good thing in the end because I love that scene. So everything about it. I, I like the connections that 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 the Athena team had with each other. I felt like, you know, even even if we didn't get too much you know, as for, for you, you didn't get too much like distinction about who each individual was. You, you really got the sense that this was a team. Yeah. And how, you know, they had just came off the mission from the last book and immediately are dumped into this and they, they go nonstop. And like Brad does a good job of like sort of adding some re- realism into this, like how like exhausted these people would be. He's very good with that with, with, with Scott as well. But, you know, I don't know. I just think the, I like the Athena team. Like that that's my winner. Like it's it's an easy one to take, but I I like them a lot. Yeah. 100%. I agree. Absolutely. I think that brings me to a grand total of 40 out of 50. I mean, this book, I enjoyed it. Had a good time. And I think that leaves you at 1 2 39, 30, 39, 30, did I 39, that right? 39, 39, 39, put that Cornell education to work. Yeah, yeah 39, 40 out of 50. There's one important question though. I have to ask you before okay. we could wrap this thing up. Perhaps the most important question. Do you like the ballet? I do like the ballet. It's your favorite ballet, the Nutcracker. We didn't even talk about that the, that scene where we talked about the other torture scene, which was gr- gruesome, dude. With the collarbone and then flipping him on, like down on like this oh inversion makeshift God. inversion table. 
Was that Cooper? Uh, is Cooper the one who interrogates people? No, that's uh, Rhodes. That was Rhodes. That's Rhodes, right. You said that. You said that. Man, yeah, she was vicious in that. And then I don't think they end up doing it. Well, they do have the guy's ball testicle in a vice. I don't think they end up doing too much damage. They don't crack his nuts, but they do squeeze. Dude, when she asked him if he likes the ballet, I nearly lost my mind. It was one of the few times in a thriller where I'm I'm laughing out loud. I'm howling. Like that was <laughs> I was like, where are they going with this? And then when she brought up Nutcracker, I'm just like, oh, how did I not see it coming? How did I not see it? <laughs> I'm just laughing when, when they like put him into the, the prone position. I don't know why I'm laughing at this. And then he Yeah, psychological then, warfare there. And then he like he's wearing a thong, like and, and she like <laughs> cuts off his thong like, the way like brad writes that it's just like he had fun writing that chapter you could just tell you could just tell oh he, he was having so much fun oh man dude but then there's real life stuff of like again this is the whole thing about the athena team it's not just they're using their sexuality and whatever you know in this flippant way it's like no there's research-based practices that says a woman in a dominating position getting a man, particularly in some cultures, to take that position is like ultimate weakness, you know, in that culture's eyes. And that person is going to le be left totally vulnerable, stripped of their humanity. It's so dehumanizing to them that it gives you an advantage in an interrogation, right? right? So like, they're not just doing this to be savages. And it's like, look, women are being cool and badass here. It's like, no, they're, they're actually doing this because they have a tactical advantage in the field that is expertly done and researched and verified and now they're just executing the mission you know so to me the fact that they're using that kind of stuff is is brilliant not just because it's good storytelling but because in some sense it's good operations i agree i can't believe we missed that scene well good thing you remembered Dude. it i originally wanted to open up we just jumped right into the book but when you said and how you doing today mike i was gonna say well chris i'm doing all right but i got one question for you do you like the ballet? That was so funny. Or what's your favorite ballet, Chris? What's your favorite ballet? Mine is the Nutcracker. That is the only one I know of, so it by default is my favorite. I'm trying to think. I can name I know, some operas. I, I can name some operas, yeah. That's what I was gonna say that, but I can't name any other ballets. So yeah, that tells you how cultured. Be a Romeo and Juliet one, no? Tells you how cultured we are. <laughs> All right. Any, anything else you want to say before we uh, close up here? No, I got to go and crack open this Jack Carr novel that we got in the mail. Only the Boom, Dead is the baby. next book. Oh, yeah. Next one we'll be covering here on No Limits. Well, not this feed, but on the No Limits second feed or third feed at this point, the Thriller podcast, we are bringing back James Reese. We've got our advanced copies of Only the Dead. So by the time you listen to this, the book might be out. It's a mid-May release date. And within a week or so of publication, we are going to get our thoughts out to you. A two-part episode on, what is this book, six in the James Reese series? Yeah, it is. That means I got to get reading. <laughs> it's a thick one. It is a thick one. <laughs> We may have to be doing this like we we used to, only read half the book and record and then read, read the second half and record. So That may be what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Ben, Matt, Dawn, Peggy, Ray, Bridget, and Mark. 
please subscribe, rate, and review to all three seasons of No Limits using Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us online at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always, let Athena be Athena. Athena.